All right. Well, you can go home. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I'm not done. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be long this morning. And uh, and it's... I, I, I probably am only going to preach maybe half this message today. I felt that this morning as I was just kind of going over stuff. Um, and my my goal this morning is is um, is not so much to impart to you something you don't know, but I want you to experience something this morning. Um, as I, and I'll, I'll talk more about this as we as we kind of in the next just few minutes go through this. But th- this has been um, a profound experiential week for me as I have just soaked a little bit on a very simple theme in my own life from the scriptures from from the prodigal son story, and 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 I want you to begin a journey of entering into some new experience with the Father this morning. Um, we, we have a lot of experience with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, but I'm convinced that many people don't have, many of God's wonderful people don't really have connection with the Father. It's kind of off there somewhere. <laughs> you know? We all have these different concepts of, of what that means, Father. But and, and, and some of you are really clouded by Father because of earthly fathers. But um, so so we're we're kind of on a short journey here in just the next few minutes. Um, and and in this I I you know, would you would you open your heart in faith to experience this morning the love of the Father? That's where I'm going. And, you know, if that's all I said and we just went into worship and prayer, that might be enough. But I'm, I'm going to say just a little bit more and then, and then we're going we're gonna to go there. I'm going to go there. Um, Luke 15. I'm just going to read 11 to 24. We, you know, we've been here. Tom did such a marvelous job first few weeks of this. Um, and then I've tried to follow up from there but here here we are verse 11 then he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falls to me so he divided to them his livelihood and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living but when he had spent all there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and, and, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and despair and I perish with hunger? I will arise... I will. You hear that? I will arise 
I will arise and go to my Father. I will arise and go to my Father. And I will say to Him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. Now remember, this is Jesus orchestrated this story. And by the way, not so much to give you uh, a picture of the prodigal, but to give you a picture of the Father. Never saw that before. This is a father's story. This is not a prodigal story. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And I, I can almost see him, you know, taking notes and writing this down, you know, and rehearsing it and rehearsing it and, and speaking it to the, to the swine, you know, and saying, this is what I'm going to say to my dad when I get home. And he repeated it and he repeated it and he says, okay, I think I'm ready now. And he arose. I will arise. And he arose. And he came to his father. Now, I, I want to stop there for a minute because the full restoration of the son was not the result of his words, his confession. His confession was a real small part of this. It really was the result of his choice to come home. He saw his true condition, and when he saw his true condition, he made a choice. I will arise and I will go to my father. I will arise. I will arise and I will go to my father. It's very significant. Restoration in our lives is the result, first of all, of our choosing to come home. You remember the story of the rich young ruler came to Jesus. Jesus laid all these different things to him, you know. Um, give all you have to the poor. That was the whole, whole issue for him. And, and, the, and the rich young ruler walked away. And Jesus looked at him and was what? Sorrowful. But he didn't run after him. He's not going to run after you either. The Holy Spirit will convict you and convince you and draw you and speak to you. No man comes to God unless the Father draws him. And that certainly was happening, you know, under the surface in this story. But, but literally, you will never get home unless you choose to come home. He will not drag you home. He will not come running after you and grab you by the shirt and say, you are coming home whether you like it or not. He is not going to do that to you. He is going to wait for you to choose to come home. And I believe there is somebody here today that God is saying, I am waiting for you just to make that decision. Will you come home? You know, not, not, not start and, and, and go the other direction and then start again and go the... No, he, he is saying, will you come back home? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now. I'm not going to... I'm not, by the way, I'm not going to have anybody stand. I'm not going to have anybody come forward. I'm not going to point anybody out. But I want you to bow your heads. I want everybody to close your eyes. And somebody here right now, you are being called by the Father to come home right now. 
and you are choosing right now, I am going to quit vacillating in the front door, out the back door, back and forth, back. I am coming home today, right now, right here. Raise your hand. That's you. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. Is there anybody else? Just just raise your hand. I, I, yes. I bless you. Anybody else? I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of fooling around. I'm coming home. Yes, yes. <laughs> I see your hands. <laughs> yes. There are others this morning. Just, just, I'm, I'm coming home. Yes. Yes. No more fooling around. No more playing games on this, in and out, wondering what, what I'm, I'm coming home. And I'm coming home to stay. Hallelujah. Father, this morning, you are so gracious to us. And, and I am so grateful that you let us come home. <laughs> you look for us to come home. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You find great joy in your people coming home. Your children coming home. We come home today to stay, to live. No longer, oh God, are we going to wander in the wilderness and live with the, with the swine anymore, oh God. We are coming home for good today. Hallelujah. 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 Are you home now? Are you home? How many are home? I am home. I've come home. Come on, raise your hand if you're home. It's a statement of faith. I am home. I am home. I am home. I am home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, now that's your part. It's your part. And 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 and, and Dave, come, come here again. I mean, I was thinking this. I, it's the only place in the world I can do this, you know. But, you know, I want you to, because now the Father, you know, Jesus now shifts the story from the product. We, we almost lose sight. You know, He starts mumbling His words, you know, I've, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you, and, and, and the Father is running. Now, look at this. Plump Father who has not probably run in years. I mean, I mean, I mean, old Jewish fathers, you know, it was out of character for them to run. They did not run. That was just not who they were. But here, here you see this, this old Jewish father picking up his robes and he begins to run because he sees his son coming home. And before the son can even get home, what does the father do? He runs to him and he throws his arms around him. Okay. All right. Like this. I do this regularly. <laughs> and then he kisses him. But he doesn't just do it once. He does it. The, the, the Greek actually means he does it over and over and over and over. And so what happens is the confession of the son is smothered in the embrace of the father. And he doesn't even finish. He doesn't even finish his, his, his nice 
you know, statement he's going to make to his dad. He, he's not able to complete it. The father doesn't allow him to complete it. And it's all caught up now in the response of the father to the son. It's no longer about the son coming home. Yes, the son has come home. Okay? But now it's all about dad. It's all about dad. In this case, it's not all about dad, but... So, you know, there's the, there's the best robe, there's the ring, there's the sandals. And then there's, there, then, 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 he, then the father, you know, is, gets into this fatherly giving direction. And he says, bring out the fatted calf. Okay, now there's some things to understand about this. The fatted calf was a grain-fed cow, young calf, that was grain-fed and was given special care for a special occasion. <laughs> now this may have been where the older son began to have problems. I mean, he already had problems, obviously, with the robe and the ring and the sandals and all this, and my younger brother doesn't deserve anything. But the fatted calf, I, I'm wondering if the older son thought, hey, 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 that's, that's my calf for, for my birthday. You know, you were reserving that calf for my birthday and, and now you're giving this calf for this scum of the earth son that's just come home. He's wasted all of his inheritance. He's blown it big time and he's come home and now you're going to waste it on him. And the father grins and says, yes. <laughs> you know, animals of that size would feed anywhere between 35 and 75 people. This, this was not a private little family affair. This was uh, at least bring everybody that's a part of this farm. <laughs> We're going to have a party. We are going to have a party. And I want you to see something here because I want you to see the love of the Father that, that goes beyond. And, and let, me, let me just say, I, I, I cannot express this well enough for you to get it or for you to experience it. You will only experience it by revelation. You will only experience it by the Holy Spirit opening the eyes of your understanding and causing you to experience something that is called the love of the Father. I, I mean, there's, I, I, can't, I can't say it to you clear enough so that you experience it. You will only experience it by Holy Spirit revelation this morning. And I, I'm praying that just all over this place you will be undone by the love of your Father. It will tear you apart. The love of the Father. Because it is so great. And it is so wide. And it is so deep. It is so beyond comprehension. It is so beyond anything that you could ever Imagine or think possible the love of your Heavenly Father is that kind of love. And so, in this account, we, we see this love is based in this whole issue of, of the Son is now returned, death to life, Lost to found. 
Let us eat and be merry. <laughs> Have you ever seen an old Jewish father dance? That's what he was saying. Hey, we're going to dance. We're going to celebrate here. We're going to have a big meal here. You know? And we're, we are going to be married here. Now, now, what is Jesus doing? He is revealing to us God's expression, how He looks, God's uh, attitude, how He feels, God's If you want to say it, God is a spirit, but God, God's physical response to you. Have you ever, have you ever pictured God the Father dancing over you, singing over you, rejoicing over you, over you, not, not. And when I say you, I mean you. I don't, I don't mean you corporately. I mean you individually. Celebration is, is a constant to the three parables that are found here in Ephesians, uh, in, 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 in Luke chapter 15. Um, uh, uh, Luke 15, 5 to 7. When he, had, when he had found it, speaking about the lost sheep, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice! I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Verse 9, And when she has found it, the lost coin, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice! I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And I want you to know that Jesus gives us just a little, a little peek. He pulls back the curtains of heaven and He says, I want to I wanna show you, I want to show you a little bit of what heaven is like. And what heaven is like is, is the rug is getting ripped up as the angels dance and rejoice and say, Forget about the harp playing and everyone's somber humming. Mm, mm. No, 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 no. Heaven isn't heaven isn't like that. Heaven is full of rejoicing, happy singing, dancing. Hallelujah! Praise God! It's a wonderful place. It's a happy place. It's a place of rejoicing. And in this moment, Jesus just pulls back the curtain a little bit and says, "This is this is what heaven is going to be like, folks." Hallelujah! This is what it's like right now for those of you who have had loved ones who are there. That's what they're experiencing. They're experiencing the joy of the Lord. They're ripping up the carpet. They're happy. They're singing. They're dancing. It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful time. They're in the presence of God. And God is not angry at you. Hallelujah. He rejoices over you. He sings over you. He dances over you. He's happy that you are a part of the family. And don't ever forget it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I guess when you preach, you're supposed to share a little scripture, so let me just read a couple here. 
Ephesians 3, um, 16, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in something. Rooted and grounded in what? Theology? No. Rooted and grounded in what? Love. Rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend revelation. Comprehend what? Comprehend what? With all the saints, what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When you begin to see the love of God, you begin to see the fullness of who God is. The fullness of who God is is not wrath and anger. The fullness of who God is is love. Loves you. And some of you have never been convinced of that. You are convinced he puts up with you. He can, you're convinced that, that, that he somehow has let you in the back door of the family, but you are not convinced that he sings over you with joy. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created being shall be able to separate us from what? From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God. When I was on... Okay... Going back, raised in a Christian home, went through a period of struggle in my own personal life, came back to God really fully with all my heart, my senior year of high school, um, ended up going to Bible college um, the next year, lots of things related to that anyhow. Graduated from Bible college after four years, 1971, 1972, as a youth pastor in a church, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, married Colleen, February 1972, February 11th. Same date as Warren and Sue's anniversary, by the way. Okay, interesting. So, so February 11th, but we're a, a few years down the road from them. Okay, 1972. So, you know, so we've been married longer. 38 years. This week. And, and by the way, I celebrated before I came here. So, we took care of that. Good. <clears throat> so, married, youth pastor, and then... Shortly after that, took a little church on Vashon Island, out in Puget Sound, about 20 minutes by ferry. You could only get there by ferry. There's no bridges. And back then it was it was hippie. It was very hippie. I mean, it was marijuana and goats and 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 pottery and and microbuses. How many remember those days? Huh? Yeah. I had I had weddings where the air was full of marijuana smoke. <laughs> Interesting experiences. Some of those people still are there and, and look exactly as they did then, but now they have gray hair. It's very funny, very funny. Um, so we go to Vashon Island and pastoring, pastoring this little church built in 1895. Looks like it. Looks like it was built in 1895. Little tiny white building, 
seats 72 people. Um, it's got a little foyer with, with two little bathrooms. And then it's got a nursery and one little classroom. And then this little sanctuary. And then behind the sanctuary was, was, was a room where the furnace was. And it was kind of our prayer room and meeting room and everything room. <laughs> you know, teach the kids everything. You know, so that was it. That was the church. And we were having a prayer meeting one night at our church. And um, there's a number of people that had showed up for prayer. But I just felt like I wanted to be alone for a while. So I, I went from the back prayer room and I went through the sanctuary. into the, There was this little little cubicle right across from the, from the um, nursery. But by the way, funny story, I was having a, was having a wedding at the church. And um, guys were standing around. There was a worn place in the carpet out by the doors going out into the foyer. And two guys, they didn't know I was the pastor. And two guys were standing there and they were talking to each other. And I overheard them and they said, uh, see that worn place in the carpet? And the guy said, yeah. He said, that's where they fall and roll. (laughs) So funny. Couldn't believe it. (laughs) Isn't it interesting that the impressions people have, you know, of what goes on. But anyhow, so that's way off the subject. Anyhow, so so anyhow, so I go back to this little room and I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to spend some time alone with the Lord. I, it just feels good to just be alone with the Lord for a while. So I went into this little classroom and I, and I never forget, I, 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 I will remember it to the day I die. I got down on my knees and on my face before God and uh, I was just praying. Wasn't really expecting anything. I thought, okay, I'm just going to hang out with the Lord here for a while. And mind you, raised in the church, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, went to Bible college, youth pastor, now pastor of a church. And 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 I'm 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 I'm, you know, I, I've sensed the presence of God, but I had never, I had never ever experienced the presence of my heavenly Father. I'd never never felt Him. And while I was kneeling there, I felt the Father take me up in His arms like a child and just hold me. And I'll never forget it. And from that day on, my dad died when I was four. You guys all know that. So, you know, this was very, very special for me. And from that day on, I knew I had a heavenly Father. Some of you have never experienced the Father. And all during this week, as I've been just kind of meditating on, preparing this message, over and over again, Friday night, Friday night again, in the prayer meeting over in Minneapolis, Friday night again, just sitting there, all over again, just engulfed, undone by the love of the Father. (laughs) It's such a wonderful experience to have the Father affirm His love for us. Now, this was going to be short, wasn't it? And I'm, I'm done now. Uh, aren't you glad I'm only doing half the message? First um, John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, In this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world 
that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. You know, how many know it's really easy to love somebody who loves you so completely? You know, with, without reservation, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of the, uh, the stupid things you do. How many can relate to that? You know, in, in spite of all that, the, when somebody loves you in spite of all of that and loves you so completely, it's easy to love that person. It's easy for me to love Colleen because she loves me so completely. And it's easy for you and me to love God when we really see how deeply He loves us. And as, as, I, as I finish my time here at Bethel, this is not my planning to even necessarily end with this message here, but it's a good place to end for my time with you. And just to invite you to experience, not to know intellectually, but to experience the love of the Father. Would you, would you drop your guard this morning? And we're going to have the worship team come back. And, and, hey, if you need to go, I know it's quarter to 12 and you've been here since 10. And, and Ogren said he was going to be short and he was long. But, you know, <clears throat> um, I... I want you to do what you want to do this morning. If you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to kneel, if you want to lay on the floor, if, you know, but I want you to soak in the presence of God this morning. And I'm going to pray a prayer. Um, just before we, we begin to sing and worship, worship, song, so ushers us into His presence. And I want you to experience, maybe you've experienced it over and over again, but I just want you to experience it in a new way this morning, in a fresh way this morning. The depth of His love. I, I would love it to undo you. <laughs> Untie you. <laughs> overwhelm you. Overcome you. Whatever adjective I could use. I, 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 would, I would love it to do that to you today. I can't make that happen. And you can't make that happen. But, but if you will open yourself to that, <laughs> He will pour into you at that level. His love. Just drop your guard. But it happens. Father, this morning, in the name of Jesus, by the power of Your Spirit that is here, present amongst us and in us, we pray that the revelation of the Father would come. <laughs> come to our hearts. Come to our lives. Undo us this morning with Your love. <laughs> Overwhelm us with Your love. 
Drown us in your love this morning, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Because you first loved us. Holy Spirit, come.